This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. You know, I don't mean to abuse the video thing here today, but I'm just getting worked up from seeing all this Celtics love. And, you know, when you look at, like, when you look at the matchups between the two teams, like, you know, you could say, oh, maybe they have us in Kyrie versus Bledsoe, but I, I think it's closer than most people would assume, you know. Maybe Jason Tatum and Chris Middleton, but I, I take Chris Middleton over him, too. You know, Al Horford and Brooke Lopez. I, I think Al Horford and Brooke Lo- Lopez, it's awesome. Things kind of equaled out, okay. Love these songs. Great song. You look at the series matchup between the two. Oh, Bucks Twitter. Feed me. In, in field goal percentage, and we dominated them in points in the paint. It's a dominant. Like, I can't even say it. They don't have an answer yeah. for Giannis, and what? we have Giannis. You know, so, like, we have Giannis. Yeah, so Milwaukee. So Wisconsin. Like, that people wonder why they can't tell the difference between Wisconsin and Minnesota, because they sound exactly the same. I'm sorry, Detroit. That was for me. I needed that. This man, and I'll, I'll drop his at for his own sake, at Sith Lord AR. What an at. Tough one. Yeah, tough, not a great look. He gets a lot of girls with that handle. Not a great look if you're that guy. He made a video explaining all the reasons why the Bucks were going to win this in like five games. It didn't age well. No. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Eric Bledsoe being the same. Brooke Lopez and uh, Al Horford. Oof. Al Giannis Stopper Horford being, <laughs> being the same. He, uh, yeah, I would say Giannis Stoppers, I mean, for one game for sure. We'll see how it plays out, but definitely for one game. All right, let's save it for our NBA talk, because yep. before we get into that, we have to localize things. I don't want to go all the way into Boston right to start this thing off. In fact, they're last on the list of things we'll get to, so if people want to just stop listening at that point, go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but Lions drafted uh, in the NFL draft, they certainly took part. They, they were participants. I I think so. Uh, they took TJ Hawkinson, tight end out of Iowa, at number eight. When they, when he got drafted, I know like he wasn't a relatively like unknown guy. Like people knew about him, but no, still, he, when he, he got drafted, I was like, who? He, <laughs> like just because I does, wasn't expecting it. Right, he away. does have that name. But to be honest, it's kind of a strong name. That's a name I could see in the Hall of Fame. It's also a name oh, I could see right. being a definite bust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I could see that going either. But it's not like there's names where they, like PJ Johnson, the D end out of the, out of uh, Arizona in the seventh round. It's a decent name. He could be a very good seventh round pick. Are you telling me somebody named Greedy Williams is not about to house oh, at least four kicks I'm a year? I'm telling you, Greedy right. Williams is going to be a great player. Everybody that passed on him, you but I'm telling Greedy you right now. Greedy Williams, he's got the makings of a punt returner. There are guys that you just know when they get drafted, you aren't going to be shit. Like, you just, you, like, Daniel you can just hear their name. Daniel Jones, Daniel not gonna Jones. be. Sh- Speaking of which, before we and I don't want, I don't know that we're gonna trash the Lions because there's really nothing to trash them for. It's just like they drafted. You can't grade a draft two days later. You gotta wait a couple years or whatever. <laughs> you can grade the Giants draft. Oh yeah, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> that one's very gradable. Grade that one two boy, seconds oh, later. Boy, oh boy, they took the worst graded quarterback in the draft right off jump. I was standing in my kitchen. I could only hear the television in the other room. I couldn't see it. So the second I heard with the sixth overall pick, the New York Giants select, Daniel Jones, I let out a very audible, no fucking way. I laughed. (laughs) So I I was hosting trivia at Norm's Field of Dreams. I can shout him out because uh, I host there. Norm. 
Yeah. And I'm hosting trivia, and I have the draft on a TV so that I can kind of keep track of what's going on. And I see number six comes up, and I'm like, they got to take Haskins. Like, it's the only thing reasonable for them to do. Or you just wait till 17 to take a quarterback. Yes. Like, if <laughs> just, you're going to take, take Daniel Jones, player. take like, Ed Oliver, yeah, who was on the board. The, the uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, take like, Josh Allen, take Ed Oliver, and then take Daniel Jones at 17. Because he would also be available whenever your no pick is in the second round. no way he wasn't going to be there at 17. <laughs> he was 100% there. There's no way he there. wasn't going to be there. 100% he was there. And for whatever fucking reason, they took Daniel Jones at 6. It's like, it's I, a reach to take him at 17. I laughed into my microphone hosting trivia, and people thought I was nuts because it, like, it was mute. People weren't really paying attention. Uh, the Lions weren't on the board yet, and I just audibly laughed into the microphone. People thought I was crazy, and then I pointed at the TV, and multiple people in the audience joined me in laughing quite strongly. I mean, he's, he's milquetoast Eli Manning. He's like, a- that's what he is. If I, if, if I have ever needed evidence that an organization is being shadow run, this was it. Yeah, it's, I know they just joke about it on PMT about Archie Manning or anything, but like, there's not a whole lot of other explanations. No, it's it, like, uh, like that's the thing. It's such a good joke. Archie Manning has his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, I, He's running the organization in secret. No, he literally is running the organization. There's in no way a sane person drafts him at sixth overall. Like Gettleman and his Brooklyn accent coming out. I saw a quarterback. Shut up. No, you didn't. Like, how do you have the statement? I sat down at the Senior Bowl, I saw three series, and I thought, this is a professional quarterback. As an NFL GM, how do you have that statement come out of your mouth? And to sit there, like, arms folded back in the chair, saying it like you've got an air of cockiness about you, like you didn't just trade a superstar for Jabril Peppers. Like, what? Why? (laughs) That if If he took him at 17, I'd probably be like, it's a reach. But if they feel like that's their guy, that's their guy. You take them at six, I just think you're insane. I think that they have very quickly fallen. Like, I keep bringing up the comp. Outside of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who actually are doing fairly well on the rebuild front. The Kevin Love contract's not pretty. No, it's not. But, like, you're going to have, you might have the number one pick. Like, you yeah, might fall into Zion. Washington doesn't have it. Probably Oklahoma getting, City doesn't have it. And they got bad contracts, too. Probably getting LeBron in 2022, if we're being really honest. I don't, <laughs> like, like, we keep, like, the, the odds of Bronny being drafted by the Cavaliers and going to mm-hmm. Cleveland, like, there's, we have no idea. He could go play in Memphis. Who knows? The odds of getting three out of four firsts and getting yeah, LeBron but, back right, were pretty like, wild, if, too. What, that, when we're saying Bronny's going to be the number one pick, like, we don't know who Bronny no, could but be, that's like, true. A, 13th pick that's and end true. up in Orlando. That's true. But like, either way, look at look at the odds that Cleveland maybe gets LeBron back. They get Bronny. They have Zion. They have all of this maybe coming together. I, just, I don't want them to go back to Cleveland. No, I don't either. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there's a future for Cleveland. And that's where I look, sure, at, sure. I look at teams in sports and I'm like, what team has won a championship this decade and had a worse post-championship run than the New York Giants? This they have, decade? They have fallen from championship to potentially one of the five worst organizations in American sports. I mean, the Wings miss it by a year. Like, if we're talking this decade. But other than that, I can't think of anything worse than the Giants. No. Like, this, there's nothing. The San Francisco Giants are pretty bad. But they won three titles. I don't, I don't titles. know enough about baseball right, to know they, if they're even like, bad I, Again, I don't they know. Their rebuild, their rebuild could be going well, <laughs> yeah. for all I know. The but Cardinals? It's like, like, I don't know. Baseball is weird like that. The Giants being 
literally one of the five worst teams, worst organizations in American sports right now. Yeah. Having won a championship this decade, in the last eight years. People could, uh, like, there's, I feel like there's a bunch of hockey teams, but I feel like that shouldn't count either because you can get so bad and so good in hockey so quick. Right. And it's like such you, a roller coaster. It was like the Kings as an eight right. won the title. Twice, and then, didn't they? They yeah. won two, and now they're terrible. And the but, Hawks won three, and they're no good. But it's also like they don't have that level of ineptitude, which part of it is right. like the exposure of hockey. And yeah, maybe, no one really cares. You're right. Like, LA like it's not football. Right. It's also not you're like behind you're behind the Angels in L.A. But like if you want to be one of the worst organizations in sports, you're chasing the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Knicks. Don't put the Browns in there anymore. Right. They're doing <laughs> yeah. very well. Uh, but so you, but you get what I'm saying. Like you have the, the New York Knicks, the Detroit Lions – uh, who else? Now I'm blank and I'm really bad. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that's pretty rough. The Minnesota Timberwolves are not so great. I wouldn't uh, put them. Some I don't know if I'd put them in the five worst, but I think I have five worst owners. Are the New York Giants? No, because like the Mars are good owners. They're championship owners. But are they, they just hired a moron to run their franchise? But I think they did it on purpose. Like I think John it's Mara possible. was just like, look, I'm hiring you because I'm in love with Eli Manning and his dad has my balls in his purse. And so, how could he? Mara's a billionaire. Isn't he like one of the like they always talk about like the big threes, like the Rooneys, the Maras, and Kraft and I don't know, maybe there's somebody else too. I feel like there's somebody else I'm forgetting. But like those are like the big power guys. Jerry Jones. The, obviously. Jerry. Those are, yeah. those are like the big power guys in the NFL and Cronky. The guys who have the real money. And yet Mara has this organization yeah. in the worst place it's probably ever been in its history. They do have Saquon Barkley. But they took like, him number two right, overall, right? But they, they, they overvalued have, his they position. They have Saquon Barkley. Though. They have like, Saquon Barkley. They traded Odell for fucking nothing. They yeah, traded the, the Odell trade is like the Odell trade coupled with Jones at six is, and the Golden Tate contract is like, huh? What? Wait, are you rebuilding or are you signing vets? Wait, why would you? trade your best wide receiver if you're going to bring in a rookie quarterback at six. Well, and then make it even worse, because like, they traded Snacks Harrison just to draft Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Like, that's one thing I'll say for the Lions. Look, you drafted TJ Hawkinson. You drafted a guy who gets Gronk comparisons. He better be Gronk. Take right. Eight, if you take a Gronk. tight end He better eight. at least be Jimmy Graham. Right, at the worst. Yeah, like, But, like, if you take a tight end at eight, you are... You need to be Antonio Gates, Tony yeah. Gonzalez... Rob those Gronkowski. Are the, those are the three best tight ends. You need to be. <laughs> like, you need. But you that's need to be you need minimum to be. Jimmy Graham. You need to be a Pro Bowler for a few years, and you need to have a run where it's like, okay, that guy might be the best tight end. It's really that's what you, you, you don't need have to be. Antonio be. Gates. Like mm-hmm. I, I would if love you're it if a tight you are, end in the top ten. Like, you yeah, almost do. Yeah, but that's like the highest like touchdown total of any tight end ever. Like I'm not expecting him to break the tight end touchdown record. That's fair, but like he gets the Gronk comparisons. I don't. The thing about it is, if you want to be unhappy with the pick, be unhappy with the pick. But don't be unhappy with the pick because you've drafted tight ends in the past and it hasn't worked. I don't like to get unhappy with picks before the guys ever play a game. Like I'll that's give my a other chance. thing. I think like the kid from Hawaii. I'm going to be watching like a hawk though. He better make a lot of tackles. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That kid. When you draft somebody who ESPN has to go, we'll get back to the Lions pick in a minute. And then they never go back to the Lions pick. No. Because they have no tape. 
They've never Nothing. heard of the kid. Nothing. They had all of everything. All his graphics were saved for day three. They were in the they were in the day three file. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't, in the third round. I don't even know who we took, but we didn't take Justin Lane. Will took Harris, another yeah, took a, a smaller safety. corner or a smaller DB, whatever it is, instead of Justin Lane. It feel like Pittsburgh had a really good defensive draft full of guys the Lions could have taken. Yep. Like. That's kind of like I Devin really Bush. wish we had Pittsburgh's draft. That's the other thing. Like if you, like I'm not upset that they took a tight end because he's a tight end, and I'm not really even upset with the pick. If he ends up being Gronk, we're great. Like that's right. perfect. It's highly unlikely that he ends up being I Gronk. Can't imagine. And also, it's like you had Ed Oliver available. Like you could have taken Ed Oliver at or eight. Devin Bush like or any, Devin yeah. Bush. Greedy Williams, you can take Greedy Williams, Williams in the second, second round. round. That was I. I always pick like one guy who has the best name in the draft, and I'm like, "Yep, we should draft that guy, no matter where he is. Get that guy." The other Greedy thing, Williams was my guy. The other thing with Greedy Williams is they were all like, "Well, he doesn't like to tackle." I'm like, he's a fucking corner. I don't care if he likes to tackle. I want to house <laughs> four punts a year. Like, that's what do you all need I care him about. to tackle for? We got Darius Slay. It's not like he has to guard the best receiver. Or cover, whatever they say in football. The other story from the draft, and basically, like I, I could go through the draft and give you a grade on what I think of each player and give you a grade on what I think of each pick. I'll do the bullshit where I give a grade for the whole draft. I think the Lions did, had a B draft. Sure. I, I but again, <laughs> yeah, again, like I don't know. We're gonna you're gonna say a bunch of shit. Lions yeah. drafted really well. Lions drafted really poorly. Nobody fucking knows until these guys yeah, get on the field they, and play. They haven't had mini camp yet. How do I know? TJ Hawkinson, seen the kid from Hawaii, play before. Nobody has. Yeah. ESPN still. Has I don't it. know if he's gonna be any good. They're still digging like, for his tape. Yeah, Rainbow Warriors, let's go. Jelani Tavai. Like people thought they didn't even have a football program anymore, and they, they here still we go. Got the tracker on the field. I probably <laughs> some field. But again, like TJ Hawkins, it can be Gronk just as easily as he can be Eric Ebron. I'm not going to put Ebron's all that judgment on him. Just not with the Lions. I'm not going to put all the judgment on him just as quickly as he can be Brandon Pettigrew. Yeah, that's a tough one. But I'm Brandon not going to. Not a Pro Bowler. I'm not going to do that on April 29th and be like, "Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, this is a horrible pick and it's a bust." And like he hasn't played yet. He yeah, hasn't played I, it down. I don't know. He's the eighth pick. He's he had probably a good college good. career. I'm fine with like it. people. People on the desk, people around like that were covering the draft did not seem to lose their shit over the fact that he was the eighth pick. They thought it was a little bit of a reach, but everybody seemed to think he's going to be a pretty good player. So, we'll see. The story of the draft is the one that somehow fuck, absolutely no one has talked about. And it's that Tyree Kill audio came out from what he uh, said yeah. in the locker room. And somehow, like ESPN had no interest in it. It was in the locker room? It was the tape was from the locker With him room. Him and his girlfriend. Yeah, the tape was they, from from an airport. I was like, it was from somewhere. From locker room, but it was it was that. somewhere where he. We know what he said. He basically told his his fiance she needs to be terrified of him too, dumb bitch. Like that was the audio, and I I came out and I go, this should hijack the draft. Like this should. Yeah, the draft's just so big. No, the, they, right. I mean, they also tried to like deflect from it at every single turn, which like they didn't want to cover it. Which to me is not great. No, but he's he's already under investigation. Like everybody knows the facts of what's going on. Like the, I understand not wanting to cover it because you have to draft once a year and you don't want this to overshadow it. But at the same time, like the NFL is infamous for pushing those things to the side, especially and, lately. And, yeah, and you kind of maybe want to just like. 
put a little bit of light on it and say we're handling it or at least like release a statement saying we're aware of it and we're gathering more information and facts and not have Goodell look at Sam Ponder and say, you know, we want to wait. We want to wait for everything to come out. Like you could just say like he's suspended indefinitely right now and we'll figure it out later. Not let's wait to suspend him. Like just suspend him indefinitely and if you lift the suspension, you lift the suspension. I don't think he ever will lift the suspension. Cool. But just do it. Like that was that's the thing I'll always give Adam Silver credit for. Donald Sterling happened a day later he was banned for life. They did not wait. They did not see what the context of the tape was. They didn't care that it was recorded without his knowledge. The next day, Donald Sterling was banned for life, and he's never been back in an NBA game. I'm glad you brought that up, because what I wanted to do with this was like my whole greater issue with the NFL as a whole, and why I'm falling out of love with it, is like what they did to Colin Kaepernick for kneeling, and what they did to Eric Reed for kneeling, and then what they have with like Kareem Hunt gets a job again. And the Kareem Hunt thing is, I don't even know how to react to the Kareem Hunt thing. When is how he's suspended for how many games? Eight, seven or eight. I feel like he should miss a whole year, but he did miss a playoff run. So may, I don't know. Like he got kicked off the team yeah. and then he's been resigned and he has, I'm okay with seven Kareem or eight Hunt getting suspension. a second chance. And I don't think that makes me a bad person. Right. And that's kind that. of where I'm like, you can say what you want about Kareem Hunt and, He's also handled the aftermath of this better, yeah. and he doesn't have a pattern of this behavior. He did not appeal the suspension. Tyreek Hill never really should have been on an NFL team. Never. Never. He punched his pregnant Before girlfriend. Before he got drafted. And choked her up against a wall and pled guilty to it in court. Sat on her head and repeatedly punched her in the stomach while she was pregnant with his child, who he now punches. And he pled guilty in court, and the Chiefs were like... Have you seen this motherfucker be, return like, a kick? Real talk, the dude's <laughs> fucking easily the best receiver in the NFL. Like, we talk about Odell and A.B. Nobody can hang with Tyree Kill. That dude's <laughs> fucking unbelievable they, on a football field. But he's a scumbag. He did all of this to his to his girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time, and the Chiefs just looked at him and said, Dude, you run like a 4-2-1. This guy can run back some kicks, though. We got a quarterback who can throw it over the mountains, and we got a guy who can run right through him. So then you get this thing comes out where he's been beating his kid and he breaks his kid's arm and then he goes to court and the judge goes, well, we don't have evidence to prove that this is what happened and so I can't press charges. And they don't press charges against Tyreek Hill. And I go on Twitter and I say, okay, so the third time this guy beats the shit out of his family, he's finally going to get appropriately charged. And then, thank God, this whistleblower of a woman comes out and is like, I got this tape. Wait till you hear this. Yeah. It was the fiance's friend. Yeah. And they called it, I forget what they call it. Like An insurance policy. Insurance policy, that was it, yes. Cause it's it, a hell of an insurance policy. Yeah, it was like he went up to his kid and he's like, open your arms, and then punched, punched him, him repeatedly in the, in the yeah. chest. And then she was like, you think it's respect, but he's terrified of you. And he, she, she, he said, you need to be terrified of me too, bitch. Yikes. And that guy just now has been suspended indefinitely from the NFL. Yeah. From the from the Chiefs, the NFL hasn't suspended him yet. No, also important. The to Chiefs know. have just told him not to come to team activities. The Chiefs have banned. I don't even him. know if he's technically suspended. The he's Chiefs have suspended. banned him from the facility. Facility, yeah. well, not even banned, barred. He's yeah. been barred from the facility. He's been told not to come to team activities. The NFL hasn't suspended him. The Chiefs haven't officially suspended him. They did release a statement saying they were deeply disturbed by the audio they heard. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it should be deeply disturbed enough to just cut him from your team. Yeah. What a what a branch you're out on there. That's it's like a greater issue for me with the NFL as a whole. And honestly, I'm at a point where if Tyreek Hill plays another down, I may not watch the NFL. Like I might just take I the, definitely wouldn't watch him. I might just take the Michelle Beadle approach to it and be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, it's a tough, it's a really tough look to have him still be playing. Like you don't really have an excuse because it's not like anybody's gonna stick up or be like, oh, you know, that's parenting. No, like that's not parenting. And also, it's like how many times can he do stuff like this? Well, now it's not even. It's beyond that. It's like how many times do we have to go through Ray Lewis killing a person yeah, in Atlanta? But I mean, even with Tyree Kill, like we've been for years, and people, anytime anybody like brings up Tyree Kill, and I think they might not know about him, I've gone out of my way to tell them about Tyree Kill. Be like, eh. Maybe don't go oh, pumping this guy up. That was, Definitely don't buy a Tyreek Hill jersey. Social media, when Patriots played the Chiefs back week five, and everybody was exploding about Patriots fans throwing beer on this guy. And I'm like, look, I'm not endorsing fans throwing anything at players. I think that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. But I have a really hard time feeling guy, bad for Tyreek Hill. That's the guy. Yeah, if you're going like, to pick somebody to throw beer at. Don't throw beer at anybody, but if you have to throw beer at one guy, do it to that guy. Please, like, yeah, like, do it Him again. And John Rocker, do it again. You can throw beer at those guys. Ray Rice, like, you can, yeah. you can hit Ray Rice with a beer. Ray Lewis, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, he, he killed someone. I think he deserves to be hit with a beer. Even those guys, though, like, at least they've come back. Well, not Ray Lewis. He just said God has a plan. But like, yeah, that's not Ray great. Rice has been very sympathetic. He's still with that woman. There's obviously been no evidence of it before that night and no evidence of it after. That's the other thing. Like, if like Anybody that comes to the defense of Tyreek Hill and going like, well, they were still together, weren't they? No, dude, she was trapped yeah, she is was what screwed. that was. Like the, the Ray Rice thing, like it was a really, really bad moment and a really, really shitty thing to do, a terrible thing to do, but it wasn't a serial problem. Tyreek Hill is a repeat it's offender. It's a pattern of like, behavior. Yeah. But it's just I'm at a point where I need the NFL to do it right. And they didn't do it right with Ray Rice until the video came out. Right. They didn't do it right. They still haven't done it right with Tyreek Hill because I no. don't see oh, any reason why he should be eligible for the to play. Des Bryant video. He's got a torn Achilles and never play again. But like Schefter's been leaking. When's the Des Bryant video coming yeah. out? No, and I think like it's just a it's a bother to me with how the NFL handles these things. And I'm glad that you brought up Adam Silver and and uh, all of that because the NBA just does it right. Like if you like fuck it, up, they you're get gone. Right so many times, like repeatedly and right away, they don't wait. They just act. Like, okay, this is bad. We're done. We're not. We're not going to have like Charlotte passes the law that the, the thing's bad. Okay, well, you don't get the All Star game. Yep. And then they get rid of the law. Okay, you can have the All Star game back. It was literally. Oh, you want to be racist? Sell the team. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that was immediately. it. Like, immediately. Guess what? Sell the team. Yeah. So that's just where the NBA gets it better. Um. All right. Before we get into Thrones recap. For guys who don't watch Thrones, specifically Kevin, I got tickets. I'm really excited about it to Sox Yankees in Fenway on a Sunday night in Boston. I think like just it's a bucket list sporting event, and yeah. so I wanted to talk best live sporting event that you've been to, and like best live sport. What live sporting event would you really love to go to outside of like a Super Bowl? Well, um, yeah, immediately the lines in the Super Bowl would be like, I would die. Like, you don't understand because you've had, what, eight of them like in your life? I like, didn't go. Just, yeah, but you've seen it. Like, I haven't seen the Lions play a home playoff game. Like, right, that's... Like, I, I would die to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. Like, absolutely, it's, it's like nothing would ever even remotely come close. I've always wanted to go to Augusta. 
I feel like I missed oh, like yeah. this. This was the one to go to. I feel like I probably like I, I might have been the best. Can't one imagine ever. like seeing tight like that would have been the best one. Uh, I've been to a cup final where the wings have won. I've been to a cup final where the wings have lost. Were you at a clincher? Yeah, both. Like I, I went when oh, they beat really? Washington and when they lost to Pittsburgh. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. I was very young when they beat Washington, but when yeah. they lost to Pittsburgh, I got to sit in a suite and Muhammad Ali was in the suite next to us. It was pretty fucking cool. Was, That's yeah, sweet. It was awesome. They lost. It was shitty, but like the other parts wow. were cool. Uh, I see. I have no clincher. That's the one thing that killed. Like I've been to, I've been to a World Series game. Tigers played the Giants. We know how that one ended because they didn't win a game the whole series. I've seen. I've seen two teams win championships that weren't Detroit teams. I've seen the Giants and the Penguins win a championship in That's Detroit. That's brutal. That's not <laughs> yeah. great. Um, no, the only clincher I went to was the American League Division Series in 2006 when the Tigers knocked out the Yankees. Oh, God. I thought, I thought that the Oakland, the Maglio home run, but that was a CS. Yeah, yeah. That, was the, that was the championship series. But it was the Divisional Series when – Division Series, whatever they call it, yeah. when, when they knocked out the Yankees. And I remember being very excited. I was like in seventh grade or something. Yeah. And everybody's chanting goodbye at the end of the game. I can't remember who started for the Tigers. It was um, Verlander or Kenny Rogers. No, it was the other one. The what was his name? Bonderman. Yes, Jeremy, Jeremy Bonderman, Bonderman started the game. Bondo. Yeah, Todd Jones came in and shut it down. <laughs> Todd Jones. Huge. I went to huge game lead. Two it was like eight World to series. three. Yeah. I was at the Pine Tar game for game two. Oh, very nice. Cold as hell. They ran out of hot chocolate in the fifth inning. Literally, the whole stadium <laughs> ran out of hot chocolate. Couldn't believe it. Not great. No. Not a great look for an October no, baseball without game. A doubt. Yeah, I remember like wearing wool socks. It was cold as shit. You want to know like the worst thing I've probably ever done as a sports fan? In 04, I gave up a ticket to the finals to keep playing in a baseball game in my backyard against the Lakers. I was like, we were playing a baseball game in the backyard. My dad was like, all right, we're leaving for the game. And I told my cousin she could go. Because you wanted to play baseball was, in the backyard? I was still playing baseball. But that's the shitty part of having courtside season tickets when you're a kid is just like you think the Pistons will be in the finals every year. Like, they're just really good. They go to the conference finals. I grew up with that. Like, I went to finals games with Robert Ory in game five, hit that shot. I sat courtside in my baseball uniform, my best friend next to me. We came straight from a baseball game, went to game five, sat there in bright orange baseball uniforms while Robert Ory hit that shot. How did you have this upbringing? This is incredible. This is, we like my dad's company had tickets to all these different things. It was awesome. You just sat courtside at all we, these big Pistons games. I, I see. That's well, like sitting, my first my first inclination when you said biggest sporting event you've ever been to. It's not like it was a big game. It was Game Five of an Eastern Conference Finals, but oh seven May thirty first two thousand. I thought you bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was the night before my 15th birthday. I went with my friend. We had an AAU tournament the next day. With my dad, I watched LeBron just go nuts. And, like, that moment, I was like, that guy's going to be the best player ever. Like, that was the most insane thing I've ever watched. I've seen LeBron play live one time. It was last year. It was last year, game three of the Eastern Conference Finals. And I was wearing my Scary Terry confetti shirt. Nice. And the Celtics got fucked up in that game. But it was cool because I got to see LeBron play live, and I hadn't ever seen that, and I wasn't sure I would ever see it at that point. So I haven't I just seen him play live him. since '08. It was the last time I saw him play live. It's a long time ago. Yeah. But it was. I was glad that I saw him in the midst of probably his best playoff run. That yeah, was I mean, the that cool was, thing. That was spectacular. That game, the Toronto game, was a game one or game two where he was just out there trying different shots because he was bored. What was it, game three when he hit the bank, or was that game two? No, because they were in Toronto, so it would have had to been game one or two. I know exactly which shot you're talking At the buzzer, yeah. yeah. Like all those, where he was just in a row, just hitting crazy shots, just trying sure whatever that, he wanted. I thought that was when he jumped up on the scorer's table. I thought that was in Cleveland that, when he oh, hit the bank. Oh, for the game winner? 
Yeah, the that game winner when he hit the yeah, bank no, shot I'm and talking, he jumped up on I'm the I'm talking table. game two in the second half. I can't remember if it was game one or game two in Toronto in the second half where he was literally just out there trying. Like, I remember Zach Lowe tweeted it right then and there. Like, he's just out there screwing around. Like, he's just beating them up. No one can stop them. He's doing ridiculous fadeaways. Tough look for Toronto. Yeah, LeBron it was, was, LeBron was just playing with his food. He dominated them. <laughs> I remember seeing he had more points than Lowry and DeRozan combined yeah. in that series. Speaking of DeRozan, that was a rough end of Game 7. Listen, I think Denver's just going to get shit on by Portland in this series. I think it'll be competitive. I think Portland's going to win, but I think it's 6 or 7. I'm hoping, but I think I do think Portland in like 5 or 6 probably. I mean, Denver's tough to beat at home. Like they're really That's tough the to thing, beat and they have home court. Yeah. But I think like if, if Portland steals one of the first two... I don't think Which it goes think further will. than six. I mean, they're on one day's rest tomorrow. And if the way Dame's playing right now. If I were Portland, I would have gone to Denver early. And just even if San Antonio won, then fly to San Antonio. Just get used to the altitude as much as you can. Though Denver's probably a, a decent amount above sea level. They got mountains in Denver, right? It's pretty high. It's hilly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they probably don't it's, have mountains in Denver. Maybe they do. It's the mile high city. Because it's a mile high. No, I, I, Denver. I meant Portland, not Denver. <laughs> Jesus. Obviously, they have I was like, wait a minute. Denver. We know that Denver's obviously quite they large. have mountains in Denver. Yeah, Portland, Portland. I think there are some, but it's yeah. pretty. I don't know that it's, it's very it's high above sea hilly. level. I think yeah. it might like be pretty much sea level. I just remember the. Truck I have to look it up. Going like down a mountain and going into Evan Turner's pool because they couldn't go down the mountain road. Yeah, that's a good story. Portland is fifty feet above sea level. Okay, not quite a mile. <laughs> Oh, wait. 5,230 yeah. short. <laughs> Portland, Oregon, 50 feet above sea level. <laughs> Shout so, out to Remember the Titans for being the reason that I know how many feet are in a mile. There we go. I, I was like, I don't know that there's very many places in Oregon that are that high above nope. sea level. Okay. Um, Geography's off. All right, before we get into the generic NBA playoff discussion and some of these series, I, I, I got to say I'm a little disappointed. But before we get into it, um, yeah. I want to do Thrones recap for guys who don't watch Thrones. I'm very curious because you let a little bit slip when I first got here, but I'm I'm excited. So they tease this episode as like this: you better prepare yourself. The Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, I kept seeing battle wild. all over Twitter. I was like, oh, we're gonna get a lot of blood, and I'm gonna get a really good recap. No, and I thought like a bunch of people would die, and it turns out not that many people died. Yeah, that's a tough look. Like, in fact, the only person that died was the one guy that everybody assumed would win. It was the Night King. Died. Right. The Night which, King's death. Spoiler like, alert. I came down here. The first question. I asked was did someone die thinking it would be like Peter Dinklage or one of the Starks and there was a scene where they should have died and like Peter Dinklage okay so Tyrion and Sansa are sitting next to each other in the crypts where they put everybody to be safe which is the dumbest fucking thing ever because everyone in the crypts is dead so guess what happens when they reanimate the dead everybody in the crypts comes back to life too usually they're slaughtering everyone in the crypts fortunately all the important characters got to hide and there was a scene where Sansa and, and Tyrion look right at each other, and he kisses her hand, and then they start sprinting, like, trying to find their way out, and they both fucking lived. Tyrion's Peter Dinklage, right? Yeah. Okay. And both of them lived. And I, I was like, why are they, they... They had Sam, the fat guy, uh, get saved, like, four or five times. He's like the simpleton, right? Yeah. They had... every Like, everybody just kept getting saved. Daenerys, her dragon gets overrun by the dead. Dragon lives. She falls off the dragon into a circle of the dead. She lives, but the guy who comes and saves her from dying dies. Who's but only Jorah, her guy who's been helping her for like eight seasons. Okay. And now he's dead, but only because he f- helped her fight off the dead 
Just way too many. So, dead. but the, the Night King is actually dead. Like, there's no chance he's coming back no, again. Gone, big gone. Like, Arya Stark killed him. But like, he can't. He can't come back. Like, there's he's already dead. Nope, he's so, gone. Gone. He's destroyed. Uh, there's got to be a way. He was sitting in front of Bran. He had won. It was all over. John was get. John was fucking cornered by the Night Dragon. John was about to get fucking burned alive. But I thought the Night Dragon shot ice. It's not really ice. It's like blue fire. Okay, I'm very confused. Yeah, and so he's like ready to get fucking burned. He's ready to die. He's facing this thing on. He's like, this is my last moment. Bran is sitting in his fucking wheelchair, and the Night King's yeah, the Night King's standing right next to him with his hand up. He's ready to go. Arya comes out of nowhere. She's jumping. Fucking Damian Lillard from 37 feet. (laughs) (laughs) The Night King turns around, grabs her by the throat, and you're like, oh, no, fucking Arya's dead. Which it doesn't really matter, because if the Night King kills Bran, you're like, everybody's fucking dead. Right. So he's choking her out, and we're like, oh, shit, the Night King's going to win. And then she does this fucking swift-ass move. She's got the dagger up here in this hand. She drops it, catches it with this hand, and stabs him in the fucking chest. And he just explodes. That's wild. I... That's a lot to take in. It was, it was one of the most electric hour and a halfs of television that I've ever seen. Was it just full battle? Yeah, but I also think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, that was really fucking unsatisfactory. But like I told you, because my whole thing is I've wanted the Night King to die in this episode, the entire lead up to this episode. If he lived longer than this, I would have been really upset because I wanted them to focus on the battles and like the wars waged between the people because they're always more interesting like the night king has no dialogue he has this weird motive that doesn't make any fucking sense i never knew what the motive was he just wanted everybody to be dead right yeah the motive was he wanted just winter an endless winter and an endless night so he wanted to kill bran because bran holds all the memories of the world and if he killed bran there'd be no more memory there'd be no history it would just be an endless dark night where nobody wants bran dead like nobody wants bran around right no, they they do because they, oh. he has all the memory. But it's also just like, why does that matter so much? Like you have books, like yeah. you, the history still exists. Like you still like Brand fills in some plot holes. But other than that, the mystery still Brand doesn't sit right with me. The I whole thing, Brand thing. No, my whole thing with the, the way Game of Thrones is boiled down, and I've come to a point where I realized now, I was never going to be satisfied because it is boiled down to like. These things are the way they are because writing, because right. that's fair. Because story, yeah. this thing it's like is these people didn't die because they have contracts that pays them per episode, right? So like and it's, they're not going to be done until the last one. It's like Bran can see everything that ever happened because we need him to be able to tell John that he's actually a Targaryen. Right. It's the only reason that we need Bran to know that. Really, if we're being honest. And then the Night King wants to kill Bran because Bran knows everything and the Night King doesn't want anyone to know anything. But also, like, there are books that have the histories of the world. So Bran knows little plot holes, but everything else you can still recover from reading a book. So why is it so important that Bran dies? Why is it so important that he's left alive? Why is it so... Like, the whole thing is just, I don't understand what the motive is. I don't understand the deal. You're preaching to the choir but now I definitely don't understand. Now it. the Night King's dead, and I'm like, well, at least we can get back to the things that are actually really interesting and entertaining, where the people are playing these chess matches and battling each other in epic ways. That See, but now this is the part that I definitely don't like. I got it when it was like everybody against the Night King. Because it was and good now, versus yeah, evil. Now, but this is, like, now I definitely don't understand what's going on. This is what made Game of Thrones so great who. all the time. <laughs> it wasn't good versus evil. It was like moral ambiguity and... Who's who do you want to root for? And there were very clearly like bad people, but there were also very clearly 
gray people. Right now, like, yeah, but now I don't know who any of the people. I just knew the dead people were bad, and these other people were good. Now it's all made. Like I don't know who's gonna fight who. I don't even know what sides they're on. Cersei's the queen that was getting fucked by her brother. Right. No, and, I know. Like I know who she's the still people alive. Are, but like, is she against the Targaryens? Yeah, she's the queen right now. Okay, because she, she wasn't like before, right? She is. She is. No, she's always been against them. She's sitting the throne. She's the queen. She wants to keep the fucking throne. She doesn't like John because he's king in the north. She really won't like John once she figures out that he's Aegon Targaryen and he has a claim to the throne. Yeah, it's a tough look for her. She doesn't like Daenerys because she doesn't like Targaryens and she wants to keep the throne. So basically, her mission at this point is let's fucking kill everyone and I want to just be queen. She got to be queen because her husband was Joffrey's dad. And then when Joffrey died... Joffrey's illegitimate dad. Right, but everybody thought it was Joffrey's yeah. dad. And then so Joffrey took the throne, and then but she was also Joffrey's real mom. So right. Joffrey dies, and, and then, then she gets the Joffrey's throne. younger brother takes the throne, and then he dies. Which one was he? Tommen. He took the uh, throne. Yeah, no. Then his, his sister got poisoned, and she died. And then he, at some point in the series, Cersei was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with all these motherfuckers that are trying to threaten my children. And so she lures everyone into this church, this cathedral, this basically. Is the Red Wedding? No. The Red Wedding was long ago, and okay. it killed two of the most important Starks, but it's, they deserved it. They were fucking idiots. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but Cersei lures all these people into a fucking church, and it's like her, Tommen's wife, so the queen at the time, right. and her family, and all the religious people, and she puts them all in this church, and then she blows the fucking church up with all of them in it. And they all die. They had explosives in this time. It was. It's called wildfire. It's like a chemical, okay. but it just sets off, and it it's in a, a fire you can't put out, and it blows the church up, and pretty much blows up half the city. And she's happy, but she also just killed her kid's bride. So jokes on her. He jumps out a window. Ooh. Now she's childless, but she's, she's the queen. queen. There you go. And now she has no kids, and so she's got nothing left to fight for so she, all she has to fight for is the throne and that makes her the best villain the show's ever had so i'm, I'm really excited that they can focus on that i'm just the payoff for the night king was not great yeah i didn't expect the night king to die like not that i have like a whole lot of previous experience and how this whole thing goes i guess everyone dies but like eventually i thought he was gonna be like a dude at the end that was gonna go toe-to-toe with somebody I was hoping a little bit, and then it just, it, the, that's the other thing, he didn't really go toe-to-toe with anyone, he fucking, he fucked everybody up, and then it was just Arya with the, the Damien Lillard prayer, and One week she him. has a sex scene, the next week she kills a guy, Yeah, kills the Night King. I'll tell you, in the scenes from next week, she was locking lips with somebody, so. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna happen again. Alright, playoff talk. Uh, so the Spurs lost to Denver in one of the uglier Game 7s I've seen. It was just like. Gross. I fell asleep for half of the third quarter, and I was very happy that I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was like, man, I wish I could go back to sleep. But then it got close, and I was like, damn it, I have to stay up. We, we it was ad- not worth staying up. We advertised PMT, I think, too much on this podcast. But Probably. one thing I definitely heard that I agreed with was when they were talking about how it was the best series because it was going to seven games. And then Hank goes, I've watched every single one of these games, and I don't remember anything from any of them. I can remember the shot making down the stretch in game one by San Antonio. Jamal Murray going nuclear. Yep, I remember that one in game two. Other than that, <laughs> game game. But it's like six, you and I like are bigger NBA decent. fans than yeah. these guys. So yeah, it's like eh. it was it was a very like mundane series for so, having gone seven games. I'm this is where I'm disappointed with the playoffs so far because 
Houston and Utah was interesting a little bit. Like Portland and OKC was only interesting because of the pettiness by Dame. The Warriors I mean, and the Clippers they're... was probably the most interesting first round series, but only because the Clippers were so goddamn fun. The Clippers were like, I mean, even you heard like I don't know if you saw the the clip from the press conference of Pat Bev and Lou Will just being like, yeah, like what did you want us to do? I love like, that team. Like they they made it six games. That's amazing that that team made it six games with them. And like in the end, that's exactly how they should respond to those questions. Like, yeah, what the hell were we supposed to he, do? He's Kevin Durant. She was like, what would you do, Pat, if you could go back and slow down Kevin Durant? And he's like, I tried. Have you like, played basketball yeah. before? Lou Williams, Lou Williams literally goes, I promise we tried. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like you did. And you did, you know what, kudos to you. Because, like, you taking that team six games is the equivalent of Denver winning their first round series. Them taking that team six games is basically, barring Toronto winning the finals, you just got Kawhi Leonard, basically. Like, that's how these guys are looking at it. We just took the Warriors six. I mean, maybe we just got Kawhi. does win the finals. Maybe just be like, all right, cool, I'll give you a championship later. Can you <laughs> be mad in Toronto if you're at that point? No, they yeah. would love him. Yeah. He could go there for one year, win a title, yeah. dip, and they'd be like, yeah. we love Appreciate Kawhi. You. He'd get like, a tribute yeah. video. He'd get a statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no doubt. Uh, the, the first round in general for me, like... It was not good. It was like, not yeah, good. Like, there, were, there were certain games that were good, but like as a whole, the series were just all lacking. The Jared Dudley Ben Simmons thing was interesting. It was fun for a minute, but it was like a minute, yeah, literally a, a minute. minute. Not just like a. a it, I mean, you can't keep Jared Dudley fun for that long. He's like the most boring guy in the NBA. He just kind of got fun for a couple of minutes. That's how long the whole series was fun for, though. Right, a minute. Yeah, like and game it, one, and then it was over. Game one ended. We're like, okay, we can have something, and then game two, we're like, no, nah, we we don't have anything. And then game three, where the the Nets should have had it, and then yeah, didn't. Jimmy Butler got thrown out, and Mike Scott hit a ridiculous three from the corner. Is that game three or game four? Where it was that like, game this is their opportunity. They can make it 2-2. They have this lead. Let's get yeah. it done. Yeah, it game four. And they fucking collapsed. So that's how much I remember about those series. Yeah. Second round, not off to a great start. No, I if mean. If we're being honest. Like, the Warriors-Rockets series looks like there is a lot of potential. I'm, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Steph played awful. If they don't call those fouls, James Harden is so much less effective. Like, I said it to you earlier, like theoretically if you look at his shots today he was 13 for 14 from the free throw line and four of 16 from deep he missed 12 threes I don't think it's too far of a reach to say he probably got closed out and quote-unquote fouled the way he thinks he got fouled on six of those 12 missed threes well and you know it because his post game was just let's have a fair shot call the game the way it's supposed right, to be but called. He, so so then like let's let's just for the sake of argument say that on six of those threes he got fouled. That's eighteen more free throws. He would have shot thirty two free throws in that game if they had called those fouls. Yep. Nobody wants to see that. No one. No. Nope. So don't be mad at the foul calls. And also that game drastically changes if James Harden shoots thirty two free throws. Like, yeah, that's like a blowout win for yeah, the Rockets. It's just ridiculous. So, like, I'm not mad at the foul calls at all. If they don't call those fouls and Golden State plays better, plays better than Steph having, what, 18 and really doing most of it in the fourth quarter, Clay not getting hot at all, Draymond having a near triple-double, he played great again. But, like, I love that they started the Hamptons five. I think, like, put your best five out there against their best five. That's great. Capella was a non-factor for most of this game. Like, he had four points, so... That'll be interesting. I don't know how much of a series this can be unless Houston brings their A game every single night. Which they definitely can. The other thing is, like, I saw an interesting question on Twitter, and it was, 
if you could give the Warriors the title right now and start free agency, would you? And somebody Hell was, yeah. <laughs> but the, the answer I saw was... Free agency is going to be hype. But, right. That's, yeah. But the answer I saw was no, because it's the worst seven-game stretch in the Durant era to start a playoff series. Or to start the playoffs. Yeah, but like, like not the, for Durant, it isn't. No, no, not <laughs> yeah. for Durant, but for the yeah. Warriors, it's the worst seven-game yeah. stretch to start the playoffs in the Durant era. They look kind of disinterested at times. Draymond had the best playoff game he's had in a long time. Past two. Like, the yeah, game six really good. and this game have been outstanding. I mean, a triple-double in game six. But They're like, Clay at times. Like, Clay today. Clay's, Clay's hobbled. Clay like, today should have had, like, eight or nine fouls. He's not right. He didn't, yeah. but he should have. He's not right. And you can see it defensively for sure. I don't know that Steph's hurt. Like I think is, Clay's more hurt than Steph. The thing with Steph is anytime he starts playing badly, people go, oh, he's hurt. He Ma- did. I mean, he twisted the ankle in game six, so it's the immediate cop-out to be like, oh, he's not himself. I don't, like, Steph hit a really big three to end that game and pounded his chest and ran away like everything was fine. Like, right. I don't think Steph's that hobbled. I think Clay is legitimately hurt. No, I agree. And that's where I think that they can make this. Houston can definitely still make this series. Like, they... It, they played their game. They didn't get any of the fouls called. They still only lost yeah, by four. Man, they really needed a game out of Eric Gordon. Like, they, they needed Eric Gordon to stay in that But they one. can still get... Like, if they take game two, they, it, oh, you're in the I'm same not, situation. I'm not trying to say the series is over by any means. Like, that game was hit or miss. A one shot goes a different way, and Houston wins. Like, I'm just saying, you got four points, nine rebounds, and three assists combined out of your front court with Tucker and Capella. That has to get better. You can't rely on Eric Gordon getting 27 for you every night. He only hit four for 13 from deep. Yeah. Like, they got nothing off the bench. Their highest bench scorer had eight points. It was Nene. Like, You're not going to get that every night. And No, and like, Chris Paul had 17 on five for nine. He played well when they needed to. But, I mean, they were force-feeding Harden. 28 shots, 16 free throws. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they force-fed him, and that's not going to beat Golden State. It's just not. And, again, this is where it's like can D'Antoni basketball really win a championship? And my argument has always been no because it's two shot selection Old dependent. D'Antoni basketball, seven seconds or less in Phoenix, that should have won a championship. In this era, that would win a championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's yeah. now it's like bleed the clock, play tough yeah. defense, but on offense, we're going to ISO. I mean, we're going to it's yeah. focus on I shot selection, more threes than twos. I mentioned P.J. Tucker didn't score. He played a great game. Like, he was 0 for 4 from the floor. He had zero points, but he played 40 minutes, and he played outstanding on the defensive end. Like, you need exactly what he gave you defensively, but you need more than four points out of him and Capella combined. He was also a team high plus nine. There you go. And that's like, yeah, there, that says a lot right there. Like, he led the have, team in minutes. To have zero points Harden. in yeah. 39 minutes and be a plus nine yeah. is really that's, hard. That's out. I mean, he played really, really well on defense. And he always, like, I know he only had three rebounds, but the way he just forces guys out of their spots and opens up other places that they can get rebounds and do things on the glass, both offensively and def- defensively, PJ Tucker was huge for them. That's the thing, too, that makes me feel like Houston really can win this series is. Golden State was scoring like 130 points a game against the Clippers. They come out tonight and they struggled to get to 104. Yeah, and I know that like Steph's Steph was not good for the majority of the game, but like if you get if you get 35 points out of Kevin Durant, you should have more than 104 points on the board at the end of the game. Probably. Well, I mean, I don't know how many they score against the Clippers to end that because Durant had a 50 piece. They scored 129. Yeah, right. Like, he- but that's and like you get, you get thirty five out of Katie, you get eighteen out of Steph, you get fourteen out of Andre Iguodala, you get fourteen out of Draymond, 
you should have more than 104 points. You get 14 points. out of Draymond, you should have more than 104 points. Like, when you have a lineup that does that well, a starting lineup that does that well, you should have more than 104 points. And that's why I think Houston, the defensively, that's going to keep them in this series. Because that's the one thing nobody wants to talk about with them. They were a really good defensive team. They were a very good defense. If they weren't uh, as good as they were defensively against Utah, that series is still going on. Because yeah, they were absolutely. horrendous offensively. They were like, really bad. They were not good at all. And that's what I said to you. Like You texted me the other day after the Golden State lost uh, in Game 5. Like, Houston and I probably and overreacted. Six. Well, yeah, but still. like I didn't think you were 100% serious. But like at the same point, like Houston really did not play well in that first round. Like I know they blew them out in those first couple games, but those last three games against Utah were hotly contested. They lost one of them, and they really should not have won game five. They did not deserve to win that game. Utah could not make shots. They were trying to get Ricky Rubio to hit threes late, and Ricky Rubio had a chance to hit a three to put them up by three, and it was a six-point swing right away the other end. Gordon hit a three. I, my thing with the Warriors, too, is I think they definitely are more vulnerable than they have been at any point in the Duran era. Sure. They're playing rougher basketball than they have at any point in the Durant era. They game plan to have Boogie, and they don't. True. I don't know that Houston wins this series. I think Houston has the, a better shot to win this series than they had to win last year, even though they took him seven. Mm-hmm. Like, losing Chris Paul game five hurts, yeah. and then not having him down and, the stretch. You know, Warriors lost to Gudala. People don't talk about that enough. True. Like, but it's still... <laughs> they didn't need him nearly as much yeah, as the Yeah, but Rockets I mean, he's the guy Chris who guards Paul. Harden. True. Like, yeah. yeah. No, and, and I get that, but it is like... Now being fully healthy, the team that you have defensively, I think you have a better shot now than you did a year ago. Mostly what I'm getting with the Warriors being this vulnerable, I think the Eastern Conference has maybe... Like, if you were to offer me the Warriors or the Eastern Conference, I think I would take the Eastern Conference. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, no, I do know. I'm, I'm saying no. Like, I, I, I picked the Raptors to come out. I think the Raptors are really, really good. Like, if you're I giving think, me three teams in the East, and I say three because Philly is no fucking shot. Are you, you want a hot take from me right now? If they play the Raptors, I'm not positive who has the best player. Like, that's where I'm at right now with Toronto. Like, Kevin Durant is amazing. Kawhi Leonard, like, Greg Anthony said it repeatedly, so I don't feel as outlandish saying it and hearing it come out of my mouth. But I could not see anything other than Jordan and Pippen when I watched Leonard and Siakam the other night. Yeah. Like Pascal Siakam had really 29 something. on 12 for 15 or whatever the hell it was. Like, and he was the sec, he was the help. Like Kawhi was just insane. And he's been insane. He was insane for the entire Orlando series. The dude is playing out of his mind. I'll offer you this. I think if you give us Golden State and Toronto, I would be unsure who the best player is too. Yeah. Because like I would think Ka- Kawhi and KD are that close right yeah. now. Especially factor in defense. The Warriors would know who the best player on the floor oh, yeah. is, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Steph Curry will think he's the best player on the floor. But I think if you give the Warriors the Celtics, the Warriors will be less sure who the best player on the floor is. Because they mm. seem to have that level of esteem for Kyrie Irving. I think I think they have that level of esteem for Kawhi. I think they have that same maybe, level. They just, maybe they do. They just haven't said it publicly. I and think, maybe it exists. Yeah. Maybe they are more scared of Kawhi. They just won't say it. I don't know it. that they're more scared of Kawhi, but I think it, I think the levels are very, very... I Everything think, they've said seems to just point they are the most afraid of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think when a guy hits that shot and when a guy beats you like that, it's always in the back of your head. Yeah. Like, that dude killed us. Like, yeah. he is the reason we lost. I mean, you th- think back to game two of that series. Like, or game, well, game three, the game at home. Yeah, for yeah, when yeah. Kyrie just took over, and then Game Five on the road was, when Kyrie scored forty-one. Yeah, like I mean, they they were he he killed them in that series repeatedly. And it, you think back to Game One in twenty fifteen, 
Yep. Before he got hurt, I mean, he was beating him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, again, like I've always, I've long said, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt in that series, LeBron might be walking around with four rings. Yeah. I mean, you, they can look at 2017 and say we handled them really well, and if we have Durant, then they can't touch us. But like, but it's the same thing yeah. when you look at Kawhi. They were getting clocked I mean, by the smacked. Spurs before like, Kawhi they, came out. They they got punched in the face in the first half, first three quarters of that. They game. were getting murdered like, by yeah. Kawhi before he got they, hurt. They, Zaza played a huge role in that championship. Well, that like, no, they won a championship. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that was not. You're that pretty. Game. If yeah. you just say the Warriors won a championship, yeah. you, you're pretty safe in saying that. Well, it's the one year that I can't remember if it's sixty, but no, they played the Thunder in sixteen. So yeah, was that Durant era when Kawhi came out and was just fucking them up, or yeah, was that twenty seventeen? Yeah, because yeah. oh yeah, because the year before was OKC, was OKC when they the blew final. the three one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this series, I do think the Rockets have a shot. Losing game one is never ideal. No, but I but do think the they have a shot. Like, yeah, you didn't lose game one at home. Going to the team you think has the best chance to go to the finals out of the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't want to talk too much about them to start things off because you're right. Like Kawhi and Spicy P, it looked like LeBron and Pippen or I mean, uh, Jordan and Pippen. That was a dominating performance. They held them to 14 points in the fourth quarter. I want to look at it from the other perspective of who boy, if you're Philly, it's a tough look. It was a really tough look. If you're Philly and you lose this series in four or five games, which after game one, they are really in danger of losing this thing in four or five games. I mean, they're just like, you look at like the benches and who came off in like the matchups. The first guy off the bench for Philly, James Ennis, played okay. He's going up against Van Fleet. Then who's the second guy you bring off the bench? It's Jonah Bolden. Yeah, and you're trying to ask him to play the same minutes with Sergi Baca, who's the seventh guy for Toronto. Like that's not even close. And you're asking eleven minutes out of Furkan Kirkmaz, and yeah. it's like you've got Boban, who you really can't play that often. Because Boban just, can't play in the series. Period. Really, he can't like, play in the series. He had ten minutes, and he was a minus seventeen. He, he cannot. It's play in the hard series. to be a minus yeah. seventeen in ten minutes. Boban, I love Boban, like for what he is, but he cannot play in the series. The bigs for Toronto there's no one he can good. guard. No, no, the bigs for Toronto are way too good, and they're good defensively. Yeah. Like that's the thing with against Brooklyn. For whatever reason, they were had no problem leaving Boban wide open at the top of the key. Yeah. The bigs for Brooklyn. Didn't understand the situation. They didn't understand their defensive switches. Jared they Allen's weren't getting 20. into their spots. Like, yeah. They have a bright future, but they're too young for this. Sure, D- The Raptors might have the best defensive big pairing outside of Boston in the league. They, and oh, no. They have the best defensive big pairing outside of Boston in the league. Like, Yeah, it, okay. No, no doubt. I thought you were going like, to say including Boston. I was going to be... Oh, it's close. I mean, it's close. Like, Siakam... It's definitely close. Like, we did, I didn't put him on. I can't and remember was, if you did, but Siakam could very well be second-team all-defense. Sure, and that's one thing I sent a text to you, and I was like, the way that Philly... Or the way that Toronto has been able to just bottle up Philly down low... Like, Embiid got handled. I mean, 16 Marcus points. Saul was outstanding in this game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I texted you. I yeah. said Embiid having 16 points on 5 of 18. I'm sure the injury weighs into it. The fact that Toronto got Marcus Saul is huge for this team. I don't know how much team. the injury. Embiid went flying through the air to throw it on a dunk early in that game. Yeah. Made it look like he was not hurt. The knee pain thing might be a little yeah. stretched. I don't know how much you can play that anymore. But, I mean, the the key is, without a doubt, that Marcus Saul needs zero help on Joel Embiid. And when you don't have to double Joel Embiid, Philly's screwed. Absolutely they, they, screwed. They just don't know what to do in the half court if they don't get that double team. The other issue, I think, for them is you're at a point now where – your GM has doubled down on saying Ben Simmons is getting the rookie max. Quadrupled down. Like, you know like, that it's yeah. at a point where you have to do that. You don't necessarily have to do it this summer. You absolutely don't. And absolutely so, don't. if I'm Philly, I'm firing Brett Brown, 
I'm getting a new coach. I'm making Ben Simmons develop at least an elbow jumper. That pregame warm-up was just a tough It was nuts. First of all, he steps into these three-point shots very clearly he didn't traveling. He make a single one. Very clearly like, traveling. I can make one. Like, if you give me six straight shots like he had, I'll make one. The funniest thing, too, was he was taking contested three-pointers in practice. Not and I'm like, heavily contested. Right, but, but it was yeah. still more contested like just, than he would yeah, ever be in an actual trainer, game. like, kind of throwing a casual hand up. <laughs> Nobody would ever contest him that much no. in a game. No. And I'm like, dude, just take him wide open. That's what you're going to be getting. But, like, the fact that he doesn't have any jumper. Like, if I'm Philly, get a new coach, make Ben develop a jumper. If he doesn't do it... Maybe your future is I elsewhere. I don't need the jumper per se, like maybe like ten to fifteen feet. But like, no, I don't need a three, but an score, elbow. Score a post game, like get up, get up a, a situation that you can go to the block when we're in the half court, and Jimmy Butler can run the offense up top, and you can just play on the block and beat up whoever is guarding you. Sure, because there's always going to be one guy smaller than the rest of you if you have a six ten point guard. Maybe learn a backdoor cut, like. Yeah, some like you're such a good passer. You can operate from the block. Learn how like LeBron became so much better when he got a post game and went to Miami and started passing out of the block. Ooh, when he figured out that turnaround yeah, jumper like, too. It he was had that lethal. summer working with Akeem. He worked with Akeem for a whole summer. Like Ben Simmons might go work with Magic. Maybe he'll figure it out how to work it. Like, I don't know. He might also like it might be at a point and I don't know what their relationship's like, if they even have any interest in doing this, but go work with Giannis. Like maybe the two Giannis doesn't work with other people. I know that's true, but it's like if that were an opportunity, they have the same body type. Almost Ben Simmons is a little smaller. They could be the same player. Like that's the thing Ben Simmons has to understand. You could be Giannis. I mean, I I would go as far as to say Ben Simmons can be better than Giannis. I would, dude. I agree with you. I think that Giannis is an exceptionally gifted player. Like, or I shouldn't say that. An exceptionally gifted athlete and an unbelievable motor. Like, it's not just the athleticism. The dude just keeps going. Like, you can punch him and hit him. And he, like, they beat him up today. He's coming back in game two. Like, you know, he's not going anywhere. But I, I just think Ben Simmons, from a basketball IQ standpoint and from a, the way he's able to make the people around him better, he's way past Giannis. I think like, way past him. I've believed for a while that he has potential to be the best player on the planet. Absolutely. And he will never hit that potential if he continues to have this line in every single game he has played. O for O from three. Yeah, you can't do that. Seven for eight from the floor. You want to? You want to play point guard? Yeah. You can't go O for O from three. No. You can go O for three. You gotta I'll take, take him. You gotta take him. <laughs> you can't, like, like people sag so much. You saw Jimmy Butler was doing that at the end of the Brooklyn series when they were killing him. It was garbage time. You saw him on the bench looking at Simmons like every time down, shoot a three. Yeah, shoot a three. Shoot a three. And that's. The other thing is, like, Ben Simmons, three assists. Yeah. We need more assists. And, the pro- like, a big part of that, I think, is the fact that they can sag so far disrupts passing lanes now. I mean... And, like, I, you're sitting in his passing lane. I want to give a lot of credit to Toronto's defense, though, because oh, Toronto's I do defense is insane. It was incredible. Like, absolutely insane. Oh, the other thing is, for this series, if Philly has a shot, and if there's one thing Philly can look at, they got 45 out of Kawhi and 29 out of Pascal Siakam, and they still only scored 108 points. Yeah, but I just feel like Toronto knew what was going, and they just let him cook. Like, Lowry had nine, Gasol had eight, Green had seven. Gasol and Green combined to take 13 shots. Yeah. Like, they just, yeah. just let those guys cook when they're going like that. And they were feeding. And they were up early. That was like, the huge yeah. thing. When they went on that stretch where they hit 12 straight th- shots in the first quarter, and I was like... 
Well, I don't know how yeah, I mean Kyle Lowry in. even like he was he ended up four for ten, but nine and eight, and he played well. Like if you watch the game, Kyle Lowry was in control. He was fine. He played great on defense. One of the things I saw going into this series too was Toronto and Milwaukee have by far been the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I saw that out of Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. I can't say I saw it out of Milwaukee at all. No, no. I saw it out of Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I don't, we don't need to talk more about Toronto. They're, I'm, I'm very confident in that pick. Like, this is the one series that the one second round series that I'm comfortable looking at and saying it's over. Like, and I think Philly yeah. might win two games, yeah, but the series it, it is might over. go six. But yeah, Toronto's going to win this series. I like but, that's, and I made a tweet about it where I was like, Philly might lose this in four because I don't, and it's not just like they played bad game one. They didn't really play that bad. It's just no, a just, nightmare you can't matchup. Get anything? Like, yeah, it's you just a nightmare get, matchup. Like, Toronto is so good on defense; you can't get anything. They don't get worse when they bring in subs. Like they stay just as good on defense. They just play hard as hell too. Yeah, and that's I, and so, Kawhi does all of that in New Balances. The, <laughs> did you see the shoes of the Times New Roman font on the back? Yeah. Oh, just, oh dude, I boy! Mean, like he gives you giving you forty five on sixteen for twenty three and some New Balances. 45 on 23 shots in some new balances. I can't explain to you how badly I want to hate Kawhi Leonard. It's like, it's... <laughs> what can you hate about the guy? He doesn't say anything. There's nothing to hate. Like, yeah. But it's like, dude, you wear new balances with your name and fucking Times New Roman it, on the back of them. It's, it's I just awesome, you. though. Like, even, like, he showed no emotion just scoring 45. It was just like an assassin. He's just like, yep, I'm going to kill you and walk away and go have dinner with my family. It really... It was an execution. He was amazing. The other game that was an execution i cannot believe that abc was allowed to broadcast a murder <laughs> in the middle of the day on a it's sunday okay if you put hubie brown there because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he enjoys the gladiator <laughs> yeah. combat uh i first of all before we do this i cannot wait for portland and denver to start tomorrow because that is it's going to be one. one hell of a series mm-hmm. this series also should be one hell of a series but I just don't know if it will be because holy shit are the playoff Celtics here. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's a series. I still think when you have a team that won 60 games, like you can't count them out. Because it was if they had beaten them by 15 or 16 and the Bucks kind of played okay, then they'd be really worried. But when you get shellacked and you lose by 20 plus, yeah, you, come back. you can be like, we didn't have it. We were shit. We'll be better. You know, they made all their shots. We missed all our shots. You can find excuses. Even if they're not even if there's no merit to the excuses, you can find excuses and brush it off in your head and be like, We'll be back. And if they win game two, I think the series is still on. Like they say the series doesn't start till the road team wins a game, right? So okay, we got a series. True. Like we got a series. My my thing with the series is with three games in Boston, can Toronto win four out of six? Can, or can or, Milwaukee win four out of six uh, with three games in Boston? That's where I struggle. I that's, don't know. That's like, the thing where these Celtics are different to me because regular season Celtics aren't winning on the road. No, but like, I mean, Horford Horford didn't do that to Giannis in game one of last year, but he did play him really, really well in game one of last year. I haven't seen anyone do what Horford no, did no, to Giannis. No, what Horford did to Giannis today, like... I've was, never seen anyone play Giannis was, like that in my life. Like, it made it made me think like he wasn't as good. It literally made me question his athleticism. Like, the things I've seen... There were a couple plays. Like, he had a blow-by on Aaron Baines where he was two feet behind the arc, and he took two steps and dunked. Yeah. And I was like, okay... It's, he can still do stuff, but like when he, when Horford went up and blocked his attempt at the rim, and then Giannis got the rebound, went up again, and, and again. Horford blocked him like, worse. 
stuffed him. That wasn't just a block. Like the ball never left his hands. The he first, stuffed him. The first block was a like, block. There's a block when it like the ball leaves your hands and you block the shot. And then there's a dude trying to stuff it with two hands and you go up and meet him at the summit and that ball never leaves his hands, but that ball also never goes to the rim. There was a great picture of it too. Like, yeah. And it's the background. Could have been a jump ball. It's the background on my phone. Uh, it, like I'll just show you yeah, it is a great one. It is that's, that is that's, that's a pretty good one. That is the description of meet that, me at the rim. That's a jump ball. That literally that's is two a jump guys ball. with their palms on the ball. That is, I've never seen Giannis get worked the way yeah, that he, he got, got worked up. today. He got beat up. The other thing to me, playoff Bledsoe showed up. Yeah, he reared his ugly head. It was very ugly. Yeah, I, he didn't do anything. What's up with the red shoes? The second I saw the red shoes today on him and Middleton, I was like, ah, what's well, something's going on. I don't like it. The thing that scared me with him too, it wasn't the shots he was taking. It was the shots he wasn't taking. And what I mean by that is... I mean, he only took five. Right. Yeah. And what I mean, But there was a point where he had the ball at the free throw line. He was wide open, uncontested, and he didn't pull the trigger. He looked scared. He was looking for someone else. He's like, I don't want to take this shot. I think Bledsoe's in his own head. Like, I almost think Terry Rozier has gotten to him without even needing to say anything. There was a point where I, I just kept looking at the Bucks and be like, why won't anybody just put the damn head down and go to the basket? Like, the okay, the shots aren't falling. Go to the basket. Like, go to the basket. And nobody would, except for Giannis, who every time he went to the basket would, like, seemingly travel, or I guess they're just calling them Euro steps. Right. But when he gets bumped, they just let it go, and it's not a travel, apparently. And he went 7 for 21. Like, nobody else went to the basket with any type of ferocity. Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe both only took five shots. And Brooke Lopez, Lord help him. That air ball was gross. He had a team I plus two. I put zero stock into it because he he, three points. He got thoroughly outplayed by Al Horford. He was stuffed defensively. Couldn't do anything. The Bucs couldn't find a lineup. Like, the Bucs were looking for a lineup that would give them anything, and they could not find a lineup. It was something I worried about with them that I didn't talk about enough before this series started, they miss Malcolm Brogdon way they more. Do. They miss him a lot. Way more than the Celtics miss Marcus Smart. I said when when the Bucks went on that little run and like tied it or got down two at the half, this is the first thing that says like they just needed somebody to straight line drive. They needed somebody to pump fake and straight line drive and go to the hoop. And George Hill came in at the end and did that for them at the end of the first half. And then they got away from it again. Yeah. And they had no Brogdon will do that for them. It he, was, he is the best at doing that for them outside of Giannis on their team. It was a couple things that made me really confident too with the way the Celtics played. One, Gordon Hayward played really well. Did. Two, Terry Rozier took good shots and didn't take bad shots. Terry Rozier plays a decent two guard. Like, he, he, he really plays a, does. He plays a really decent two guard. Especially when he's not taking bad shots. Right. Marcus Morris took only six shots, and they were all good shots. Yeah. Like it's, They didn't take any bad shots, except maybe Tatum. So Tatum's the only one taking even like maybe bad shots, but he was just trying to find it. Right. And like you said, I mean, he, he didn't have it early, knew he didn't have it early, and didn't try to force it. Which is good. What's yeah. also good is Kyrie shooting 12 of 21, putting up 26 points, having 11 assists. Were all 11 of his assists on the pick and pop? I, I mean, they, they might have been worked that, them in the pick and pop. And I, again, that's something I wanted to highlight more than I did too. This is one of Mark but- or Mike Budenholzer, excuse me, one of his like worst habits. I would say he loves to sag his bigs, yeah. and the Al Horford Kyrie pick and pop is going to kill him if he does that the rest of the series. I mean, I I can't remember when this was. It was at some point this year that I was watching a Celtics game, and I saw one of those pick and pops, and I just immediately I was like, whoa, that was Parker Duncan. 
Like the way that Kyrie operates out of that pick and pop is like I think he stole it straight from Tony Parker. The thing is too, it's like it's Parker Duncan, but it's with a way better offensive weapon than Tony Parker. As a point guard, yeah, yeah. for sure. You're giving it to Al Horford, not Tim Duncan. No, no disrespect Al, to Al Horford. Certainly. Al like, Horford, Tim Duncan's probably yeah. my favorite power forward yeah, of all time. Tim, and Tim Duncan. I love Al Horford, but... Tim- Kyrie, like the threat of Kyrie blowing right by you, or just floating it up from 16 feet. Seriously. Which Tony Parker did too, but not as well as Kyrie. Like... That that's why that they were doing with Jalen Brown. It wasn't just Horford. Like the pick and pop was like anybody can get some. The other thing is, I wrote in uh, my series preview for this series is watch how Gordon Hayward attacks the Milwaukee Bigs. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what snake he did. Snake in the pick and roll. He, I, him and Jimmy Butler snake a pick and roll so damn well. And like, Hayward was snaking it, and then he was coming up, and it was just floaters at the rim over Ilyasova, over Brook Lopez, over Ilyasova might be a sneaky play for them to do in the second game. If they want to switch that starting lineup up, especially if Sterling Brown didn't play the second half or whatever it was, that, however many minutes he didn't play, he had an ankle thing. So if he can't play... It, you're slotting Miritich or slotting Ilyasova in and moving everybody down. That'll be interesting. I said to you earlier, I want to see what that big lineup can do with Lopez and Giannis and Big X, whether it's Ilyasova or Miritich. That, offensively, that's their most intriguing lineup for me. I'm interested in that lineup offensively as well. The problem for me is you're now down 1-0, and that might be your worst lineup defensively. Yeah, and you can't really play around too much. You have to win games. And that's, yeah, when, when you have... Like, I really am interested. I would love to see a Giannis, Miritich, Brooke Lopez-type lineup. Well, like I said before, like they could not find a lineup. But, like, Miritich played well to his credit today, but it's still only 13 points in 20 minutes. Brooke Lopez, both of these guys can be played off the floor by the Celtics. And, I mean, we thought, like, the... I don't want to say, like, the X factor, but, like, the trick up the sleeve of Milwaukee was Giannis at the five. They had to do it in the first quarter. Yeah, like they, I, I was like, maybe we'll get that late in game two. Like, the Celtics put Bud on his heels yeah, in the first so quarter. Fast. They had Giannis at the five. I was like, wow, that was quick. That's like, man. God help me. I, I feel like the Celtics might win this thing in four or five. It's it could happen. I still like I the team won sixty games. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that like okay. They weren't ready for that type of level of intensity. They got smacked in game one. They'll be better in game two. If they're not better in the first half of game two, I'm with you. This one's over quick. But I still think they can get there. I'm at a point. All right, I think I might like maybe be looking at this through rose-colored glasses, trying to be too optimistic about this team. It might be like Kyrie Irving's basketball education that's feeding me into this thought that he went four years with LeBron James in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he went four years of being on a team that knew it was going to the NBA Finals, no matter what happened in the regular season. He went four years of just autopilot. And then you get... Well, three years. Sure, three years. Excuse me. He went three years of autopilot, and then the calendar flips to April, and let's go. Turn it on, here we go. Kind of looks like what the Celtics did this year. Yeah, I can't argue with that. At the point that they were like, we're not getting the one... They just kind of, they didn't really go full test kitchen, but it was like, we know we're going to lose a lot of games, so we're not going to fuck with the starting lineup too much. Maybe Marcus Morris yeah. and Terry Rozier will be able to find mm-hmm. it. We'll let them play. We're not going to do the whole human cost of changing things and trying to get into the three or the two or anything like that. And now they've gotten to April. They have this Al Horford, Kyrie Irving pick and pop that you were just saying. Deadly. They've pulled out more than they ever had in the regular season. Yeah. 
I, I mean, they yeah, they ran it 30 times per 100 possessions in the first round. They were closer to 40. Like I said before, like they're set up to take the kind of shots that Milwaukee concedes. You've said that too. Like yeah. that the Celtics don't get to the free throw line. 24 to 8 in free throws for Milwaukee today. But like that's that they were dead last in free throw rate and 27th in the share of shots that came at the basket. Like they don't go to the basket and try to get fouled. Yeah. It's not their game. They're a jump shooting team. So like most teams would lose that against Milwaukee. They take away the rim. Boston's already playing how how Milwaukee wants them to play, but like that's a that's an advantage for Boston. They don't need to go to the rim. That's the problem for Milwaukee, and that's part of why I'm at a point where I'm like almost comfortable in saying I think this series is going to be over quickly in favor of Boston. Is Boston is playing into what Bud wants them to do. The problem is what Bud wants them to do is exactly what the Celtics want to do, and it's like there's no. This is where. I thought it was a little ridiculous at the time when people were like, the Celtics, just it's a better matchup if they get Milwaukee than Toronto. It's a better matchup that they got Milwaukee. They, I don't know that Milwaukee has any way to defend this team. I mentioned Zach Lowe's preview before. He said the one overreaching question of this series is Budenholzer willing to scrap the foundation that got Milwaukee that far and play an entirely different style when the situation and the time calls for it. I don't know that they can do it, let alone if he's right. willing to. And that's he might be. It's like it's like the perfect argument when they bring up Tom Izzo and turning to zone. Mm-hmm. You haven't done it all year. Yeah. You can't that's, just suddenly do it. And, and it's it's the it's like can Bud scrap it and put Giannis at the five and figure out how to make it work? I don't think they're going to be able to figure out how to make it work. He, I don't think they're done. Can he try doing yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Can he do it well enough to win four out of the next six games with three of them in Boston? Would he have a better shot if he had a secondary ball handler like Brogdon? Maybe, Absolutely. But like they don't. But now, like that's the other thing. I, I always said this series was a race. Who can get their guy back quicker? The Celtics mm-hmm. to get Smart back or the Bucks to get Brogdon back? After today, it's extremely clear the Bucks need Brogdon way worse than the Celtics need Smart. And now I'm at a point where, look, the Celtics took the first game. They punched Milwaukee in the mouth. I don't even know that it needs to be a race for who can get back first. I Like, I think it's just, I don't know how Milwaukee wins four of the next six games. It's tough. It's really tough. They, winning four out of six against Boston when you have to go to the Garden three times is a tall order for even the Warriors. Right. Like, like I, can't, I can't look at this series the same way I can look at the Rockets-Warriors and go, how can the Rockets win four out of the next six? It's easy. They steal game two. Yeah. And which they did last year. Yeah, like I look at Celtics, and they Bucks. stole game two last year. Remember, Golden State blitzed them in the third quarter. We're yep. up a million going in the fourth, and they stole it. They can do that. I look at Celtics Bucks. I'm like, how can the Bucks win four of the next six? Just win one. Like just <laughs> just focus on trying to win one because like I t- if, boy, it didn't look like you could today. If and again, like what Horford did to Giannis, we cannot stress enough. I have never. It it made me look at Giannis a different. It made me immediately realize, like, okay, this is why Harden's the MVP for me. That this was, type of stuff is why Harden should have won MVP. That was some of the best big defense I've ever seen. It was outstanding. Al Horford played outstanding today. Really, and like I texted you early in the game, and I said, just as a team, this might be some of the best yeah, defense I've on, ever before seen. Before they gave up that run at the end of the first half, they were playing outstanding. Right, offense. and I wanted to bring that up too, just quickly, because that's another reason why I'm really inspired by this team. Regular season Celtics, if they gave up a 15 nothing run to blow a 15-point lead and then give up the lead going into halftime... That halftime locker room would have looked real weird. Ooh, it would have looked awkward, and they would have lost that game by 20. They came out in the second half and just kicked Milwaukee in the fucking teeth. And I'll say this, like 24 minutes of Pat Connaughton is is too many minutes of Pat Connaughton because it means, especially if Kyrie's on the court at the same time, like 
you're just giving him a free pass to hang out on defense. Yep. And it's just it's going to make life easy yeah, for Kyrie you've offensively. Got to force Kyrie to guard. If Kyrie like Kyrie's going to score twenty five points probably every yeah, game in the series, no doubt. If That's, he's doing he, that, he and, does that. If he's doing that and also getting eleven assists, you're fucked. Yeah, and, and you're not making him expend any energy for those twenty four minutes that Connaughton's out there. And like, there's a decent chance if Brown can't go, they're just going to slot Connaughton in, and he's going to start. And that's a nightmare. Yep, it's really the Malcolm Brogdon injury is what might just kill him. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you're depending on Sterling Brown, like uh, Tony Snell. Who are you putting in there? Is Divincenzo can he even play? I don't like. And again, like I've said, kind of all year, I thought the best Eastern Conference Finals from an encore perspective would be Boston and Toronto. I think these are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Throw the seeding out. Sure. I think Boston and Toronto are the two best basketball teams in the Eastern Conference. I think it would be the most exciting on-court series the Eastern Conference could offer us. Maybe the NBA could offer us. The Western Conference Finals, I think, is going to be underrated. Like I think whoever it is, Portland, I, I'm picking Portland to come out of this next series. And I think Portland's going to give somebody a fight. Can you imagine if Portland takes Golden State seven games? I could see it. Like, I, you know... It would have to be Golden State playing down to their level, but I could see it. Like, Dame is that type of player that he can get hot, and CJ is the number one hard shot maker in the NBA. Yep. Like, he just... Those turnaround mid-range, yeah. too. I mean, like, there's low percentage unless CJ McCollum's shooting. Or like, DeRozan. Yeah, or DeRozan. <laughs> some Kyrie today. Or CJ McCollum. Like, yeah. Dude, Kyrie couldn't miss those with turnaround those... turnaround moon balls. Oh. George Hill, I'm sorry. Like, this man has a family. I mean, he uh, did all he could do. George Hill, great defense. He, there was no man, hand down, oh, man. man down. It was hand down, doesn't matter. Hand up, no. What, what's, what did it, Mark Jack? Hand up, so what? Yep. That's what it is. Hand the, down, man down, hand up, so what? The other interesting thing from this game was Jalen Brown put Giannis on one of the most incredible posters awesome I've poster. ever seen. That was an awesome He poster. stared him down from the rim People while Jalen Brown's throwing third him overall through the pick. <laughs> And a freak like, athlete. Yeah, like it's got, he gets Kawhi comparisons last year for a reason. He doesn't get the show. He got LeBron comparisons at points. Right, like I he, mean, <laughs> it was a little excessive. But like it's, the Kawhi one has merit, though. When you see the athletic feats that this guy can pull off, sometimes yeah. it's like he should, and maybe he never will. As a, like maybe he'll be a victim of playing on this team, but he should be a superstar. Oh, I think that's the thing that goes underrated about Kawhi Leonard is he's like an elite, elite scorer. Like, yeah. if Brown ever oh, yeah. got to that level, then it'd be something. Like, Kawhi is amazing in all facets, but, like, he had 45 on 23 shots the other night. He's an elite-level scorer. So, the last thing I want to do before we get out of here, because we have a little more battery on this than I thought we would have. Nice. If it's between Boston and Toronto, who has a better shot at Golden State? I. If anyone other than Golden State comes out, I think the Eastern Conference wins the title. Yeah, I'd say that, too. Even Houston. Boston can switch everything on the wing, but Toronto can too. Like, I toss up. Toronto's slightly up. less like, switchable. This is where slightly I think, less switchable, but Siakam's way better guarding Durant than anybody Boston has. Yeah, fair. I don't. Tatum defensively today was very He's good. Good, but, but Siakam is is a dog. Like if they get smart back though, he can many, guard Steph. It's it's it's. If they get smart back. Smart might be able yeah. to guard Durant. <laughs> <laughs> I think that ends up the same way, Beverly. Like he's a dog as hell, but he, you're just not seven feet tall. Like Eric Bledsoe got away with only having one turnover. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe was. They, they called his name three times in this game. Like he was nothing in this game. But I, to answer that question, Casper complete toss up. Complete toss up because they're both unbelievable. They both have a player who can get anything they want against Golden State and Kyrie or Kawhi. I think 
Toronto. Oh man, I don't know if Siakam's better than Horford, but I don't know if Horford's better than Siakam. Like, I think Horford's better than Siakam. I, th- I like, don't know. I've taken I've taken the I've taken the point of like Siakam might be the best player on the Raptors at times this year, and he has been at times this year. Like, definitely most improved player. Like. Al Horford played really great, but so did Pascal Siakam. He had twenty nine and seven on twelve for fifteen. Nobody is doing to Giannis. No, when I know, did I know, I know that defensively. I know that, but Siakam well, is a also, very good defender too. Like the fact that Horford clamped Giannis and also scored twenty on eight of sixteen with eleven rebounds. Right, but but Kevin Durant is not going to try to bang Al Horford in the paint the way Giannis did. Like Siakam's no, more equipped to cover Durant. They, they than wouldn't Horford. run that matchup right. either. Right. Maybe Gordon. Like it's an interesting thing because maybe you go against Golden State and all of a sudden Gordon Hayward gets back in the starting lineup and you I just think have he Gordon would have Hayward to be. defend Durant. You, you go it, this, with no boogie and they're going to start the the Hamptons five. Then you count. You it with put five. You put Tatum on on Iguodala. Yeah, you you if, put Hayward if, on Durant. If they start the Hamptons five and the Celtics are there, you have to counter with the Newport five. Erotic City. <laughs> I'm. T- Blake Griffin had knee surgery this week. That's where my fandom's at. I called the Celtics to the finals basically out of complete blind fandom. Yeah. And here we are. It might have been the smartest it's, pick I made all year. I'm still, I, like I've said all, all this whole hour long, I'm very confident in the Toronto pick. I think Toronto's coming out of the East. I really, really like what they're doing. But Boston is a threat, no doubt about it. Either they one of those easily two. easily come out. Easily. I, after today, I'm, I don't know that Milwaukee could go toe-to-toe with Golden State. I was always questionable confidence. because I, I didn't know about they their matchups. They did walk into Oakland and smack them this year. Yeah, but I, I've always questioned their matchups in like a, a seven-game series. They don't have someone to bang with Giannis like Orford. True. True. That's very true. They don't have that guy. Like You can put Bogut down there. Dude, I'm telling you, you give me those three Eastern Conference teams against yeah. the Warriors and bet in the field. Yeah, Milwaukee could beat Golden State. I'm betting like, the I field. just don't know if they can beat Boston. Either way. That's a weird thing to say. They could right? definitely beat the Warriors. It's matchups, man. Not it's sure matchups. they could beat the Celtics. I mean, look at what happened with Houston today. Like, if you just don't have the right matchup and Click Capella scores four points and P.J. Ducker doesn't score, and all of a sudden it looks like a team that could have beat you can't beat you. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Happy Monday. Love you guys. Oh, wait, that's PFT. Yeah, it's a, it's a PFT. <laughs> Fuck, can't do that. Hate see you, you next week. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs>